Welcome to the Modern Yogi Podcast. An exploration of ancient wisdom. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome. We are on episode number 63. And we're tackling chapter eight. And we're going to be starting with text number 23. My name is Shama Sangeeta. My name is Pridarshini. And I am Shamali. And thank you so much for tuning back. We're so happy to be here with you guys and with each other. Yeah. yeah. And, and so a quick recap on the last episode. I gotcha. Priya. So basically Krishna's like, hey, welcome to my crib. This is what it is. <laughs> and he was like describing what his abode looks well, like. Like the scene where Timon and Pumba pull back the leaf and show Simba my home. Oh, I yeah, don't yeah. remember that, but I kind of remember. The Lion King. Yeah, so very continue. sweet. Yeah, very yeah, sweet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Krishna... Um, is talking about that. <clears throat> Sorry. Krishna is talking about his home. <laughs> and then he's, uh, we also get to hear about Krishna, what he looks like, right? right. So what are some of the things that we recognize Krishna by? Peacock feather. Yeah. Does mm. he wear like many of them everywhere? Just one. Just he has one. one in his hair, which is curly black locks. He's the color of a monsoon rain cloud. Rain cloud. Yeah. Our, and his eyes are beautiful, like lotus petals. Mm. And like, there's this description of Krishna, because we said in order to love someone, we have to know them. Yeah. Right? Yes. And basically, sorry, side note, in their oh, description yeah. of him, he's the most attractive in all of the world. And that might yeah. sound like a lofty concept, but think of the person you have found the most attractive in your life in this material world. And think of that times 1 million thousand bajillion, unimaginable. So now, like whoa. on the scale of attractiveness, it's like times a thousand. Wh yeah. Whoever is your biggest crush, so it's like, like times a thousand. Christian <laughs> Haydenson from Star Wars times a million. I don't know who that is, <laughs> Anakin. Sure. Anakin. Oh, la, oh. Da, you see, da, and here's da, da, da. here's the reason why no person can be as attractive as Krishna, because I don't think what you just said was attractive. <gasps> We're going to talk okay. off air and I'm going to convince you. <laughs> anyway, that's No, but okay. listen, listen. And I think like what I was going to say with this is like, you have a vision of what you think is attractive, right. but then somebody else has a different vision of what they think is attractive. And for the most part, we maybe be able to agree on someone who's like an actor or a model or right. someone who is George an Clooney. actress or <laughs> <laughs> someone who might be really attractive. And we can be like, yeah, that person's very attractive, right? But then they open their mouth or they yeah. do something and then they're not attractive anymore. But no. Krishna, everything about him is attractive. Like because the way he farts, the way he talks. Okay. <laughs> the way he farts. Does Krishna fart? You did not expect I'm into that. that. I'm you into did that. not expect that. <laughs> I don't, wow. Okay, I was just checking. I was checking to see if you were paying attention. <laughs> yeah. I was zoned out, but now I'm zoned back in. Thank you for that, Priya. You're welcome. So, so, so it doesn't describe about Krishna is attractive. And, <clears> and what's interesting is that since looks are so subjective and we all might find different people attractive, Krishna encompasses all of that because everyone yes. comes from Krishna. So he is literally the top most all attractive like person. Like everything you find attractive about that person that you mentioned that I don't know his name. Oh. And, and how can you even say he's not attractive? Anyway, we'll find Wait, off Wait, Anakin there. Skywalker? Are you kidding me? Yes. I know oh what God, that person never looks those. like, but... No, no. Anyways, anyway, the one with the black me. mask and says, I am your friend. Uh, but that's later on when he became the tragic hero. We'll okay. talk about it later, which actually has many overlaps. The Jedi philosophy has many no. overlaps with Bhakti philosophy. We can do a whole other podcast about that. Thank but you. For now, yeah, save it for, for your next now. podcast. <laughs> like, I don't want to talk about podcast that I'm not a part of. Get out of here. <laughs> but for now, we're talking about the fact yes, that Krishna. if you can picture the most attractive person to you, and then Shamali yeah. pictures the most attractive person to her, and then Shamas and Gita, and, and pictures everyone George pictures Clooney. <laughs> and then put all of that him. attractiveness combined and oh. Krishna is that but a million times exactly, more. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Love that. Yeah. You um, know, there's a little anecdote of a, a flight attendant. She, a stewardess, she walked past the aisle and I think Prabhupada was with someone 
I might be getting the details wrong. They might have not been in an airport, but they were somewhere. And he was with a young brahmachari. And Prabhupada asks him, so the woman walks by, very attractive. And he turns around to the brahmachari, to the young student boy. And he says, the monk, the monk. And Prabhupada says, very attractive, isn't she? And he looks at the young boy and the young boy stares because, you know, like you don't want to disagree you're with Prabhupada, <laughs> but you're a monk. So he did the smart thing and stayed quiet. And Prabhupada just said, imagine then how attractive Krishna must be. You know? Oh, wow. Yeah, Probably yeah. connecting everything to Krishna. Yeah. Look at him. Yeah. Was, I, I would have failed that trick so fast. <laughs> what would you have said? I would be like, yeah, Prabhupada. <laughs> <laughs> dope. <laughs> oh, that's dope, Prabhupada. <laughs> you think she's single, Prabhupada? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, that That's so hilarious. Funny. She's <laughs> like, Prabhupada, can you make her a devotee and I'm then introduce crying. her to me? Prabhupada, oh I think you need to talk to her for me, Initiate her and then set us up. Oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, anything else on the recap? Oh, yeah. Oh, let me. <laughs> yes. So then we talked about. Goloka Vrindavan. Yes. And Goloka Vrindavan, so it's the place it's heaven. Where, it's, yeah, it's better than heaven, but yeah, yeah. totally heaven. It's the place where Krishna lives. It's the place where Krishna lives and how to get there, you have to be very pure mm. of heart, understand what devotional services, be practicing bhakti yoga, right? Yeah. And, and we also learned that Krishna, well, you know, isn't everyone and he is everywhere. We are part of him. He's everywhere, but like he's managing the whole cosmic manifestation and he works from home. Right. While still being the supreme enjoyer up in Vrindavan, just playing his flute and having loving exchanges with his fellow devotees. He's with- still managing everything else. Yeah. And that's an incredible thing that none of us could do. Nope. He's so quite the CEO. Yeah. And so we're just learning about Krishna in this chapter. And that's kind of the the rough idea for the last episode. So if you want to learn more, you can check it out. All right. The last episode was actually one that I super enjoyed. So you definitely got to check it out. Shama's like bubbling to move on. All right. The invocation, please, ladies. Okay. Oh Magyana Timirandasya, Yananjana Shalakaya. Shakshurun militam yena, tasmai shri gurave namaha. Translation, I was born in the darkest ignorance and my spiritual master opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I res- I offer my respectful obeisances onto them. Mm. Beautiful. All right. Chapter eight, text number 23. Via <clears throat> Darshani, take it away. All right. Oh, best of the Bharatas. So Krishna talking to Arjuna. Yes. O best of the Bharatas, I shall now explain to you the different times at which passing away from this world, the yogi does or does not come back. Ooh, this is Mm, very interesting. Very cool. We just talked about heaven, right? We talked about how once you live a life of devotional service and you dedicate your entire life to Krishna, you go to the place where Krishna lives and you don't come back, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think Krishna's talking about death right now. And he's saying to Arjuna, I'm going to explain to you right now when, what happens at what times do you, when you, when you pass from this world or when you die, you do or do not come back. So. Yeah. And he's going to spend the next couple of texts actually explaining that. And right. then Prabhupada does something really great. He kind of breaks it down and says, you're about to hear all this stuff, but right. you should know that if you're a pure devotee of Krishna or anyone who's a pure devotee of Krishna does not actually care mm-hmm. when they leave their body or by what method. Because, I feel like ooh, the teacher in us would be like, if we're explaining this section to the students, we'd be like, but you don't have to know this for the the test but you just understand it anyway oh that's oh, such a good way I to like that. 
understand that. That's great. Yeah. So he's basically saying that that pure devotee leaves everything in Krishna's hands mm. and so easily and happily returns back to Godhead because you right. trust in Krishna. He'll take you there anyways. But mm. there's here's the information anyways for those that maybe are on a different path. Right. Because those Love who that. are, are not unalloyed devotees. And what would an alloyed devotee mean? Like alloyed, like they're... It's pure. 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 Uh, yep. So people who are not pure surrendered devotees, they depend on so many different methods of spiritual realization. We've talked about them. Karma yoga, jnana yoga, hatha yoga. And they must leave their body at a suitable time in order to be sure of whether or not they're going to return to the rat race of life and death. Life, life, and, death. And, death. life and death. Like someone t like spends all their life yeah. doing karma yoga, right? Like which is like working in... Action in Krishna consciousness, right? right? But yeah, but with not, just not action, action. quite just Krishna consciousness, just yeah. actions, just, right? Just like someone who good karma, good karma, exactly, good karma, right? Like someone who's constantly doing good karma, and then or someone who goes to yana uh, does yana. Yana, 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 sorry, yana yoga, which is like through right. understanding and knowledge and all of that. Right. So you spend all your life with all of that dedication, and you still have to worry <laughs> about how you right. die. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yep. That right. does not seem worth it. I much rather do devotional service it, and just be like, you take me when you want, Krishna. It's the I perfect know. loophole, right? And mm -hmm. under the theme of what we talked about last episode, it's so hopeful because mm -hmm. no anxiety. Krishna has literally got you. He's got everything. For someone who's doing no work and is just the supreme enjoyer, he's just so effortlessly taking mm -hmm. care of you. I love that. You know? Mm -hmm. I love it so much. All right. Yeah. Anything else on this purport? Just <laughs> one line. It says, the suitable times at which one passes away and does not come back are basically explained in the next verse by Lord Krishna. All right. So, and and it also said if you don't plan it, then you the success of whether you, where you go depends on accident. Like it's just oh my god. Like by accident, like your your death will be just kind of what it is. That part, you know, I had a question on it. It just I don't know if I even know the answer, but okay, a yogi who spends his whole life in preparation, now one who does not do Krishna consciousness, he might spend his whole life in preparation and someone else be just as qualified, but literally what? By accident, the one might leave this world well, and the other might come not back? Not necessarily accident. There's some mercy. Right. Because I was about to say nothing's an accident, right? We learned in what verse that not a blade of grass moves without Krishna. But I guess that's the thing. When you are a devotee of Krishna, he gets personally involved in yes. your life. Right. So, I like that. Yeah. Otherwise you have the free will and therefore those actions right. kind of oh, have karmic reactions. And then right. that all takes care of each other takes care of itself in a way where you might have a death that is karmically good mm. or positive for you mm -hmm. right right so, so should we get into the explanation that's it yeah <laughs> so should we get to the next one? Oh yeah you said the explanation and i was like we did it <laughs> i wasn't sure where we were going you Anything know what else it made you me add? think because of what i just asked about does it really happen by accident like a lot of ceos say the harder i work the more lucky i get you know mm -hmm. like okay the more work they ha do maybe the more quote-unquote by accident they'll have a good birth i don't know maybe. yeah yeah like yeah, i could see that all right, text okay. 24, Shama Sangeeta. All right, those who know the Supreme Brahman attain that Supreme by passing away from the world during the influence of the fiery God in the light at an auspicious moment of the day during the fortnight of the waxing moon <laughs> or during the six months when the sun travels in the north. I feel like I'm holding an old antique lamp and we're in a tunnel. You're saying, when you go in the fortnight, do it this way and that way. Be sure to remember my final instructions. I know, this is very interesting. It's a little complex. Yeah, it's a little bit complex. So, so Krishna is saying that, let, let's break this down, right? Yeah. Those who know the Supreme Brahma, which is 
Krishna? Yeah. Yes. So those who know me attain me by dying during the time, during the influence of the fiery god. So when, like the sun god? Or is the fiery god I different? I think it's the sun. Yeah, right? The influence of the sun. And I guess the supreme yeah, Brahman. in the light. In the light. Because Brahman could also be the impersonal, all-pervasive aspect of the Supreme. But I guess if they say Supreme Brahman, is that the personal form of Krishna? Because I think this this text is still describing those who are not Krishna conscious. Well, let's look at the Sanskrit and see if it helps us. I just looked back there. Um, I closed it. Yeah, Brahman is the individual soul. It can also be number two, the impersonal, all-pervasive aspect of the Supreme. In this case, if you look at text 24, the Sanskrit word Brahma... It's referring to the absolute, so Krishna. So that is Krishna. Ah, right. so, so in this case, the, he's, the Krishna is referring to himself. Okay, those who know me, but maybe they're not surrendered devotees. But here's the thing. Whenever you put the word supreme in front of anything, it means Krishna. Right. <laughs> right. Isn't there a brand called Supreme? Yeah. There is. There is so yeah. is that so Krishna? Krishna? Yeah, that's Krishna's brand. Oh, okay, got yeah. it. So, you <laughs> so know, good to know. Supreme, if you want to sponsor us, we're right here, baby. <laughs> we're just hey. going to change the name to Supreme Brahman. It's like Brahman. <laughs> just add a little Brahman to it. Small yeah. Brahman. Yeah. I like it. Nice. Okay, so during the influence of the fiery god in the night. So that in means the, light. the sun. Right? In the light. Yes. In the light. Yeah. <laughs> and at an auspicious moment of the day. Okay. I want to talk about this. So mm. every single day, um, like today, for instance, the day that we're filming this is the birthday of Lord Ganesh, right? Oh. It is Ganesh Chaturdashi. Chaturdashi. It's his birthday. Okay. Basically, that's what that word means. Okay. And so basically there is like different times of auspiciousness, auspiciousness that when you can play pray and whatnot. <laughs> oh my God. I can't spit it out. You got this. You but got this. But every single day that goes on, there are both auspicious and inauspicious moments, right? right? Mm. And so that is calculated. I don't know how. But but there's like a general auspicious time of mm -hmm. every day. Yes, there is. Right. You want to tell us about that? I don't know what. Okay. No, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I'll pass it back. <laughs> Sorry. It's in the morning. Um, it's the Brahma Muhurta. Yes. Uh, it's, I, I don't know if it's a precise time. It's but like it's, what, in the 4 a.m.? It's, it's like, like the 4 to 6 a.m. Yeah, yeah, every day. Roughly. Mm -hmm. um, you can look more into that. But yes, that's right. roughly the, like a very auspicious time. To do your like day. morning sadhana because it's kind of like the world's asleep. You're rising before everyone and when, when, your mind is the most still and peaceful and you're mm -hmm. able to chant. That's been a goal for my whole life to do. <laughs> hey, I hear you, sister. You got this. I, hear you. I believe in you. Woo. One day. One day. Um, yeah. And then? So the auspicious moments. And then, okay, this one I'm going to need some help with. Okay? I got you. During the fortnight of the waxing moon. <laughs> I got you. Go ahead. Priya. Okay. So I chat it. Okay. The term fortnight refers to a period of two weeks. The waxing moon is the period when the moon is getting brighter and larger. So the fortnight of the waxing moon would be any two-week period during which the moon in its in it's in it with the moon <laughs> in which the moon is in its waxing phase, transitioning from a new moon to the full moon. So when it's becoming its largest. So the two weeks before the moon gets really, really crazy, really, really big. Yeah, those <laughs> weeks as it's getting big, that's a good time. Okay. Okay. So again, I want to emphasize, even though at the top of the text, it says those who know the Supreme Brahman, those who know Krishna go through all of this. We're not talking about his surrendered devotees. Cause again, as we said in the previous text, his surrendered devotees don't have to, don't care about all of these details of when we leave. They're I'm yeah, happy about that because 
this is a lot to remember. I can barely even I'd rather, I'd rather like not worry about it. And Honestly, like, like also not even just remember, but imagine like you're dying and be like, no, I have to you wait know, one I more hour. On. I got to hold on because the moon gets a little bit bigger tomorrow and I just need to hold on one more day. Can I just say a funny little, some people really do take it to an extreme. Like I was talking to an astrologer once who was a devotee. And he knows the precise times for every single little thing that, you know, Shama, when you were saying, oh God, I would not, thank God, I don't have to remember all this for our time of death. Mm. He was actually sharing a story or maybe oversharing a story. It was so funny. Oversharing? Oversharing because he was describing the moment that he conceived his first child and being an astrologer. What? No, no. Being an astrologer, he knew like, okay, at... I'm making up 12.05 p.m. It's good. But at 12.04, it was not good. So he was like, literally, we're sitting there, like my jaw trying not to drop. And I'm like, oh (laughs) Oh my my God, God, he's like, like, before before the act, he's like, no, wait, we have to wait till the, this Lakshana goes into this and this and this planet. (gasps) Wait. So so I caught him into that though. (laughs) So it was like, it was like, no, no spontaneous bow, trigger, wow, wow. It was like waiting till it turned (laughs) a certain time. it's an auspicious moment. It's auspicious. But uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, to each his own. So no, you know, no, Shama, like, good for you if you want to do that. Honestly, one. you know how much I love astrology, right? So like what this story is fascinating. fascinating. But you wouldn't then want to memorize all the Fortnite and blah, blah, blah. No, for I death, don't want to memorize that. But though. for having a baby, you would. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to go pouncing away, but I went, not that, da, not that. Because that's what came out of my mouth. <laughs> Time to have a baby. No, but that's oh such God. a fascinating thing right? because he was waiting for an auspicious moment. But like, also, like, that's kind of like the, like a very proper thing to do. No, and, and it got even more in detail. Literally, if he were here to tell the story, you'd be like, oh my God, because he already had a name chosen. But depending on when you conceive, like, certain syllables of the name oh, match yeah. that. So he wow. already, when, you're, like, when you're conceived or when you're born. Because oh, I've heard it's when you're know. born. It was just so many details, and I was thinking, "Oh my god, we should invite him on the podcast." <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Yeah. No, seriously, it's when you're born because, like, basically, when you're born, there's like that month has oh, a particular, right. um, like syllable that you can use for the beginning of the name and then you can choose any name as long as it starts uh, with that and it's like more auspicious so i too. think i think that determined what month they were going to try to conceive because they calculated when the child <gasps> was they born wanted so they name. wanted a name like that <gasps> and then from there down to the minute because they knew it'd be auspicious for this and that oh, reason and it sounds like she was in on it so good for them yeah she was in i mean or maybe like, mean she was in on it like she was like yeah i want my kid to be named Priyadarshini, so then so the kid's gonna be born, and then they work backwards from there. I have a feeling when it was down to a specific moment, she's kind of like, "Okay, honey, whatever, I'll go along. I don't care at this point." No, I don't know if they cared that much about a name and they planned this much ahead. That okay, maybe if she loved astrology as much as I did, she would be in on it too. Okay, okay. I want to hear how you one day do this. No, actually, that sounded really bad. I don't mean I'm a pervert. I want to hear details. I just want to mean I will. Let you know, and we're gonna work backwards from there. Okay, it'd probably be an immaculate conception. Okay, let's. Anyways, continue. Okay, always fun on modern yogi. Podcast. I don't know where we were, guys. Me either. What are we okay, talking? so basically, Christian is oh, saying that those who know me, right, and are going are are gonna attain me, they pass away during this time of the the. The sun god and the fiery light. Goodness. The just moment, motive goodness. Right. Motive a lot goodness, of stuff. Goodness. Goodness. Moment. Yes. So we you basically said all of this sounded I'm like too much to memorize. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let her finish. Yeah, yeah. The fortnight oh, yes. of the waxy moon or the six months when the sun travels north. Did we talk about that yet? I know, but I don't know what it means. I don't know. Six months. <laughs> no, actually, I'm imagining. <laughs> winter. <laughs> it's not that I don't know what it means. It's just I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> okay. Uh, sir, Abhijit, do you want to explain it? 
What are the six months where <sighs> when the sun travels north? Is that winter? I'm not sure. I think oh. it's summer. Oh, thank God. All I just, if he doesn't we, know, I don't feel bad. No, no, we were in, uh, we were in, what was that Scandinavian country? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were in Finland. Yes. And the sun set at 3 p.m. Soon. In, in like, what month are we in? September. So they're yeah. saying at the end of September. Yeah. So that means there's no sun in the north, which yeah. means Christian's talking about summertime. Summer and spring. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There we go. Oh, my gosh. Nailed it. That's really Whoa. cool. Nailed it. Okay, so Krishna is talking about all of these things, and this is a good way to die, but we don't have to worry about it as devotees. Right. Yes. Boom. Okay. So Beautiful. basically, the gist of this is if one leaves the body at the time designated above, either accidentally or by arrangement, it is possible for this person to attain the personal, the impersonal Brahma Yoti. And that's a big one. That's impersonal, very interesting. Boom shakalaka. That's interesting because when I they were saying Supreme Brahman <laughs> in the text, <laughs> boom shakalaka. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just like an random, but I loved it. Yeah. yeah, because in the text I was saying, oh, who is the Supreme Brahman they're talking about? It could either be the impersonal or the personal. But in this case, Krishna. it is personal. But they're saying that if then you... Then Prabhupada specifies in the purport. About no, no. It's just saying that if you do pass at this time, you, you achieve attain the impersonal Brahma Yoti. So you you merged with right. the light. So even if you know Krishna, you're not if you're not his devotee, you're not gonna Well, just the way that like someone can know you but not really know right, you, right? right? Because we're not mm, talking yep. about like what like for example, like How you, uh, know you, a know, co-worker. you know um what's Harry Potter, uh, Daniel Radcliffe, like whatever, right? Like some actor, do you actually know him or do you know of him in a sense, right? So like all the people that know of Krishna right, right. and happen to either by designation or by accident or by arrangement, whatever it might be, pass away at that particular auspicious moment, they merge with Krishna's effulgence. They go into the impersonal Brahman. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because it's like Prabhupada saying, well, that's not the goal because we're right. not trying to do that anyways. Right. Yeah. So just <clears throat> the last reminder for the pure devotee in Krishna consciousness, there's no fear of coming back. So when we leave our body, whether it's auspicious and auspicious, accident arranged, doesn't matter. We're in Krishna's hands at that point, And that goes beyond all of these things. Mm-hmm. Phew. I loved this <laughs> talk. That was so funny. All right. Chapter, oh, sorry. Chapter eight, text number 25. 25. Shamali. Okay. The mystic who passes away from this world during the smoke, the night the fortnight of the waning moon or the six months when the sun passes to the south. What, before it was the north? Yeah, passes to the south, Mm -hmm. reaches the moon planet, but again comes back. That is so interesting, the concept even, and we can break it down, but going to the moon planet, it also goes to show that uh, this means that on the moon planet, there are higher classes of living beings, though they may not be able to be perceived by, by our own gross senses. Mm-hmm. Just like on this Ooh. realm, we think there's so many dimensions that we're not able to perceive, you know, so many sounds and frequencies that we can't perceive as human beings. Why not? Why can't there be some other yeah. dimension on another planet? Are we so self-centered to believe that we're the only ones inhabiting I, Earth? I always think about that in, in the perspective of an ant. Right. Because to the ant what are we right we we are maybe not even living entities we're maybe just like trees or something greater giant some giant thing that you can't they probably don't perceive our speed the way that we perceive our speed they don't perceive our days so like why are we any different we're just a tiny living entity and there's a greater universe out Mm -hmm. there and to us the Ant is pretty inconsequential. We're not right. really concerned about their well-being. Just like these moon mm-hmm. entities are not really concerned with right. us. They have their own 
totally. lives and their own things. And you know, even now there's actually a whole body of scientific study who is starting to, they're starting to analyze people who've had out-of-body experiences and who've technically scientifically died, but come back. And this made me think because, you know, like beings on the moon planet who we can't perceive at this rate, there's so many people who are alive now who have had experiences perceiving the other realm beyond and then come back to tell that whole experience. If you guys watched the show, uh, surviving death on Netflix, I've only watched the first episode and it was all about that. People mm. who there's this one woman and I'll make it short. She basically, her kayak went under a waterfall. She stayed there for like an hour. I think it was, that Whoa. was the longest anyone was like scientifically dead, heart stopped. She shouldn't have come back, but yet she did. And you know, it goes into it in the episode and she describes everything she saw and she felt this peace and she wanted to continue. And the beings that were guiding her said, no, you have to go back. And she said, no, oh my gosh, no, yeah. I don't want to. We have a friend who had the same, a very similar experience. Uh, remember we talked to her about it. She was saying that she almost, she kind of drowned and she saw yeah. a hand and she saw a right, hand right. like that was kind of like trying to pull her forward, but there was no, really no, there one, was no one there. there. Yeah, and, right. and like in the time in which she was like unconscious, she saw mm -hmm. beyond, like she saw something great. She saw, I mean, she can describe it better, but yeah, it's right. It's definitely some people. But there, yeah. yeah. There are things at work that we cannot see with our senses. Even, even my grandma before she died, it was a very mystical mystical experience and at one point she had a fall she hit her head it was really intense and during that fall later on she was talking to my mom on the phone and at the time she had dementia so my mom many things my grandma started saying were not making sense and my mom would kind of go along with it and my grandma started describing no but I was on the ceiling looking at myself down and I'm no longer afraid of death she was always afraid she would mm. die alone and she started telling my mom that I'm I saw myself I'm not afraid and my mom you know on the phone this is my grandma in Argentina my mom was here at the time she's like okay okay and they kept going and but then my mom thought wait what and later on the woman who was the caregiver of my grandma at the time said no no that that's that happened she really had like an out-of-body experience and my mom started piecing together all the things my grandma was saying at that time and she was saying god gave me in spanish japa means kind of like an, an extra a gift of life like god gave me an extra time so i could really be there to like uh have more time with you. My grandma didn't want to die alone. And it happened to be that my mom came to visit her right at the time when like they had 10 amazing days left. My grandma got renewed with this life she didn't have before 10 days. And then she passed away. Wow. And, and my mom- Did you say japa means- Japa is kind of, it's interesting, right? Like chanting we japa. Don't, I don't have that word in Venezuela. Me dio un japa de, de tiempo, like a, like a gift of time. That, I've that, never heard that. Oh, That's crazy. Isn't yeah. that interesting? That it's super japa. fascinating because really japa cool. gives you a gift of- Right, right. So she felt like time. God gave her a gift of time that she was no longer afraid of death. She had seen herself from above her body down there wow. when she had this fall and hit her head. And then like- I don't have to describe the whole thing, but basically she passed away on the bed with my mom, slept with her that night on the bed and that they never did that. But my mom just had a feeling. My grandma that night told her, am I going to die tonight? Wow. And I was like, no, mama, don't say that. And she lied with her and she got my, my mom gave her water from the Ganga, put like, like all these spiritual, spiritual auspicious paraphernalia around her. And then she passed away holding my mom's hand. And when my mom woke up, she thought, I no longer hear the strained breathing. Maybe she's better. You know, that's a whole other side of death for the people that stay behind is really difficult. And she was like, mama, mama, and then started shaking her. And she describes that as like the worst feeling, you know? Mm. So anyway. So Krishna, Krishna is talking, just going back to the verse for a second. Krishna's talking about everything that is the opposite of what we talked about yeah. in the last verse, right? Right. And that's the person that does not come back. 
Yeah. Mm. So, so actually they reach the moon planet, but they come back again. Yeah, they have to they come reach back. The moon. Yeah. So they go to the moon planet. They stay there for about 10,000 years. Um, wait, by, no, no. By demigod calculations. Wait, 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 wait. So the, the, the reaches the moon planet, but comes back again is the sun. Huh? <laughs> oh, say it again. So it says the mystic who passes away from, from this world during blank, like, uh, you know, a smoke night, fortnight. Yes. Or the six months when the sun passes the moon, but comes back again. Oh, gotcha. But you see what I'm saying? There's also in the in purport, the purport about it says something moon. else. So it's yeah. Confusing. So these, these two things are separate thoughts. Okay. So, gotcha. the, so Prabhupada's saying like, oh, there's people in the, right. there's, there's living entities in the moon and eventually they, they basically, they live there and they enjoy. It's kind of like a heavenly planet. Right. They're just there to enjoy. And eventually they come back to earth so they can have another right. life. Right. They reincarnate basically. Right. Cause even yeah? if you're on the moon, gotcha. you're not beyond this material realm. We've even said the, so many elevated beings, even if you worship them, they're not beyond on the material material realm. Yeah. Then so, you come back. Okay. Yeah, I know it's kind of funny because it's two separate things, but yes. And you know, even talking about seeing things that aren't there, my little black cat, she meows at things that were like, oh, Gaia, she's seeing ghosts again. You know, like they, they, they oh, see yeah. things. <laughs> ghosts. Animals are very perceptive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Children, right. animals. No, it's true. Yeah, yeah. totally. All, All right. right. Text wow. 26. Pre-Darshani. Oh my God, it's A my turn again. Text mm-hmm. series. Wow. We can All do right. it, guys. We can do it. According to Vedic opinion, there are two ways of passing from this world, one in light and one in darkness. When one passes in light, he does not come back. Mm. But when one passes in darkness, he returns. Interesting. Very fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's like the battle with the good and the evil, the light and the yeah. dark. Yeah. This mm. is a very short purport. Super any, short. Any any thoughts I mean, on this one, one thought that yeah. those who are fruit of laborers, mm-hmm. meaning who want to gain the results of their labor, like this is me, all for me. And then other, on the other hand, you have philosophical speculators from time immemorial are constantly going and coming, going. They're kind of stuck in the rat race. So they don't actually attain the ultimate salvation since they don't surrender to Krishna. Yeah. These are karma yogis and yana yogis, mm-hmm. basically people who do for the sake of getting karmic good things and... Or just, you know, they want money, they want whatever. Or people who, you know, are into knowledge. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think, again, we got to remember that this is just talking about people who are not devoting Devotees. their lives to understanding Krishna and developing that relationship with him. Right, right. Yeah. All right. Are we going right. to squeeze one more text in? Maybe so. even two. Oh yeah. my God. Well, well two, two is ambitious because the, the, the second one is the last one That's of okay. chapter eight. Well, we still have some time. <laughs> text number get. 27. Yes. Shama Sangeeta. Although the devotees know these two paths, O Arjuna, they are never bewildered. Therefore, be always fixed in devotion. Mm. So that's exactly what we talked about, right? It's like... We know all this stuff. Krishna has explained all this stuff. We know these two different paths, but we don't care. We're not going to be stressed out about it because we are devotees and we're just trying to get back to Krishna. And however mm. we die, we trust that Krishna knows what he's doing. Yeah, beautiful all we recap. Gotta do, yeah. All we got to do is be firmly established in Krishna consciousness and chant Hare Krishna. Right. So Krishna is basically advising Arjuna, don't be disturbed by the different paths the soul can take. Kind of like the falcon that when the falcon flies, he keeps his eyes set like kind of on the horizon, on the bigger picture. And he's not like, well, Falcons can also see details, but for the sake of the metaphor, you know, keep <laughs> your eye on the goal, on the main path and don't get so keep distracted. Keep your eye on and the ball. Keep your eye on the ball. 
That's right. Mm. And don't get distracted by all the other side paths, even beyond these two that they're outlined. There's so many different things that can entangle you, that can derail you, just kind of like a horse with blinders. Keep always focused on what is the main goal. Yeah. And he's also saying like being concerned about these two things, well, it's actually troublesome. Like it's not helpful. It's not like going to you know, move us forward. Because if you get stuck on like, okay, I have to die in the light and I have to die. Yeah. I can't die in the, like, all that's these actually, technicalities. You're just, just going to drive yourself crazy. Literally. Yeah. It's just anxiety inducing and it does not accomplish anything. And you don't have faith in Krishna. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah, You know, yeah, it made me think, and you're not focused on the ultimate, which is cultivating love for Krishna in your heart, elevating your consciousness. It's kind of like in this realm when you're so focused on, let's say you want to be in a relationship. It's like, did this person see me? Did this person see me? Did they see this side of me or that side of me? It's like, no, I'm putting out a certain energy and I'll attract what energy I put out there, like relying on the internal side. All One right. more thing that I liked is that um, the best way to be absorbed in Krishna consciousness is to always be dovetailed in his service. And this will make one's path to the spiritual kingdom safe, certain, and direct. And I love that. That's Dovetail so is not a common word. I know we have talked about We've it before. We have talked about it before. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, just wanted Recap. to rephrase what it. Just basically, it, It's like, you know what the tail of a dove looks like? Oh, I think you gave an explanation that both Sham and I were like, what? Because dovetail kind of like in Christian no, consciousness. No, but listen, I, I know, but listen. No, I know. You know. So then you give the more in-depth explanation, which most people don't know, but go ahead. <laughs> no, it's cool. Okay, maybe. I was just going to say like the dove has yeah. a tail. Yeah. The tail is pointy. Sure. So you want to point everything towards Krishna. Ooh. Did you make that up or is that no, the actual? No, I've actually I'm, heard I'm this. It. Even, if made it up. Say <laughs> Even if you made it up, I'm super into it. I'm not joking. I've heard it's this super before. pointy, so point everything to Krishna. Hey, it got everyone's attention. Everyone yeah, was so down and everyone just looked at me when I said, yeah, yeah. do you know what the tail of a dove looks like? Okay. No, but seriously, basically it's the idea that um, we connect everything that we do, everything that we think about. Just like Prabhupada was saying, right. isn't that woman so beautiful right on the plane right right you would think what the heck but he's thinking about the beauty of krishna he's connecting everything back to krishna. Like, is that girl single <laughs> Propa, you do you hook me up Propa. <laughs> Propa. Um, hey, anything else right. on text number one 27? line only yes. one line it says, go ahead. one who is firm in yoga is constantly engaged in krishna consciousness in all his activities and i like that because yoga means union so one rephrasing one who is in union is constantly engaged in Krishna consciousness in all his activities. All mm. right, we are on the final Whoa. text Whoa. of chapter eight. And, oh my and God. if we don't get to break down the whole purport, let's finish next. Let's, no, let's, let's do let's this. Let's, okay, do we'll, this. We'll, let's do we this. We have time. We have time. We're okay. Relax. Take a deep <laughs> breath. Go for it. Okay, Shamali. Uh, Shamali, go ahead. Okay. Oh, wow. Text 28, the last one. A person <laughs> who accepts the path of devotional service is not bereft of the results derived from studying the Vedas. Pause. Oh, sorry. I shouldn't have done that. No, I was no. just going to be like, wait, that was a lot of information to capture. That's okay. From oh, the top. From let's the top. Read sorry, it and sorry, break sorry. it down. Okay. okay, deal, deal. No, no, no. From the top. Read the whole thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Sorry, sorry. A person who accepts the path of devotional service is not bereft of the results derived from studying the Vedas, comma, performing sacrifices, undergoing austerities, giving charity, or pursuing philosophical and fruitive activities. Simply by performing devotional service, he attains all these, and at the end, he reaches the supreme eternal abode. So, Basically, and then you can break it down further if you want. It's saying that if we just do devotional service and kind of like lift our hands up and be like, Krishna, I surrender it all. You got me. And I'm going to just try to love you the best I can. Then it's not that we will miss out on all these other cool things that are uh, that one gains from performing sacrifices, austerities, charity, blah, 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 blah. 
We don't miss out on that. Devotional service is enough. We'll get all of this and more because we'll get to reach Krishna's supreme eternal abode. Yes, that was perfect. That was beautiful because if you dedicate your life to Krishna, you also get like all of the things that you just said, Shamli, like studying the Vedas, performing sacrifices, undergoing austerities, giving charity, like all that stuff is good karma. Like you're doing good stuff, right? But if you are a devotee of Krishna, you get those benefits just by performing your devotional service. And that's kind of great because it's two birds, one stone. (laughs) It's the ultimate loophole. So that's all you got to (laughs) do. Yeah. And so the, this basically, this purport talks about a lot of stuff because it's basically summarizing all the information from the seventh and eighth chapter, yes. which is basically just talking about Krishna consciousness and devotional service, right? So if if I can break it down a little bit, we can yeah. add details later. But yep. basically the gist of this is as follows. Number one, one has to study the Vedas mm. under the guidance of the spiritual master. Right. Not That's, meant for recreation of armchair speculators, but for the formation of character. That was so just right ha- after studying the Vedas. I like that line. So having a guru and learning from your guru. Yes. Okay. Imperative. Number one mm-hmm. thing to know that. That's number one. Okay. The next thing. Um, after the student studies the Vedas from the master for some time. Oh, th- this process is done for between ages five and 20. And mm-hmm. this is done under a uh, spiritual master, right? Mm-hmm. So like studying the Vedas, right? This particular part is basically brahmachari, like mm-hmm. the stage of um, being like a student. If I, a student, but it's not just like, uh, oftentimes we describe this as just being a student, but what it means to be a brahmachari in ISKCON means like you go live in an ashram, you live a very simple life in which you're just learning and doing service. You have, there's austerity. And what all of this does is you build character. Mm-hmm. It says here that once you studied for some time under the guidance of a spiritual master, that person becomes of perfect character. Mm. And if you really look, why is that the case? Because you have to be humble. You have right. to be patient. You have all these qualities that you have to develop in this time because it's a, it's a very simple lifestyle that right. you are, in which you're just doing service, right? So yeah. It's right. a very, very wonderful opportunity for many people if you can, right? That's why I like that line that it's not meant for just when they say recreation of armchair speculators, not like, oh, this is interesting philosophy. Let's just speculate about it. No, like you're saying, Priya, it's true to form our character so we can really get to the final abode. Take it seriously, in other words. Yes. So after this training of brahmacharya, then the next part is that you are allowed to uh, live a householder life and get married. Now, in this pa- in this part of being married, the 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 ideal circumstance is that you find a like-minded individual that shares the common goal of developing further attachment to Krishna, right? Mm-hmm. And in doing this, you're also doing certain things that are part of being a householder, right? Mm-hmm. So some of these things are giving to charity, um, let's see, performing sacrifices. There's some of these things, right? But also giving to charity according to the order that you're in, right? If you're a brahmachari, a sanyasi. Well, this is just for householders. Oh, okay. So brahmacharis don't give, but it's like you're trying to find good charities and all of that, right? And so in mm-hmm. this stage, you are doing charity, you're finding f- further advancement in your spiritual life, right? Mm-hmm. As you go on, then you go from brahmachari to householder to vanaprastha, which is more like that retirement age when your kids are all grown up. And that is a time for penance like it's Mm -hmm. it's it's austerity but in a sense of like really devoting your time for krishna and so these processes actually help you get closer and closer to krishna in each stage is each stage of life right because we're all we're all have to live some 
versions of these lives. It's not like we're all meant to just be go to the forest and just like meditate, right? And so Krishna is outlining it very carefully for us. Um, Mm -hmm. Now it says, the beauty of Krishna consciousness, however, is that by one stroke, by engaging in devotional service, one can surpass all the rituals of the different orders of life. That's super important. Again, it's like, this is all the information, but you won't need it for the test necessarily. As long as you're doing devotional service, that will get you all the way through. But it's still important to know that these these are positive things to to observe in each Mm -hmm. aspect of your life, right? Like what benefit could we not get from studying from age five to 20 about the Vedas, right? Like that's a wonderful thing. Still important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what else? The next part actually is very important. Um, it kind of breaks down and I've said this before about the jewel box analogy because it says, okay, chapters seven through 12 are the essence of the Bhagavad Gita. That's Mm. huge. We are in chapter, we're finishing on the last text of chapter eight. So seven through 12, the essence of the Bhagavad Gita, and they break it down in the purport saying the first six and the last six chapters are like the covering that holds the middle six chapters, which are especially protected by the Lord. I love that, that Mm. Krishna is especially protecting these middle six chapters because this is how you attain him. It's his favorite. You know, it's his favorite. And if one is fortunate enough to understand the Bhagavad Gita, especially these middle six chapters in association of devotees. So what we're doing here, I'm getting your Mm. association by talking with both of you. We're discussing and I'm not alone kind of, oh, what does this mean? I'm, I'm able to discuss it with other devotees. Then his life at once becomes glorified beyond all penances, sacrifices, charity, speculation, et cetera, et cetera. For one can achieve all the results of these activities simply by Krishna consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I loved that because in very simple terms, I know I've said it before with uh, this great saint in our Bhakti Yoga line, he took that breakdown of the six chapters and described it like a jewelry box. So I just want to reiterate very briefly, the base is the first six chapters that talk about the yoga of success, karma yoga. And that teaches us the art of living, how to function in this world, how to connect our daily activities to divine endeavor. The middle six chapters, which I just read, were the essence of it, the most protected by Krishna. That's like the jewel inside of the box. That's like, that's the yoga of love. That's bhakti yoga that teaches us the art of love, which is the heart of life to develop love. And then the final six chapters are like the lid of the box that protects us against entanglement. That is yoga of wisdom or jnana yoga. And that teaches us the art of letting go. It's the ultimate protection of life where you learn different spiritual philosophies that help you let go of negativity, of misconceptions in the mind. And basically with those breakdowns, the the Gita teaches you how to live, how to love and how to let go. And if you can really absorb that, you will not walk through this world, but you will float through it. So, so the whole point is, what is the three things that you mentioned? How, how to, to live, how, how to, to love, love how and to how to let go. <laughs> That's so beautiful. So the Gita is a book on life. I yeah. love that. And the best way to develop further faith in the Bhagavad Gita mm-hmm. is to learn the Bhagavad Gita from a devotee because mm-hmm. it can only be understood by devotees. Exactly. No one can perfectly understand its purpose otherwise, right? So like right. that mood of wanting to understand Krishna is very important. So right. I'm grateful to be doing that with you guys. Oh, that's really sweet for you. I'm so grateful for you guys. And you know, sometimes in the modern world, we might think to ask for help is a sign of weakness. But here it's saying it's a sign of of faith. When we search for devotees and are fortunate to get their association, we actually begin to study and understand the Gita. And then they break down the last little section of this purport breaks down the stages. So once we're able to get 
Association of Devotees and make advancement and we're placed into devotional service, it's by this service that it gets rid of, it dispels all of our misgivings about Krishna, the activities, the pastimes. And after our misgivings have been cleared away, one becomes fixed in one study. And then one relishes the study of the Bhagavad Gita and attains that state of feeling always Krishna conscious. And then finally, in the advanced stage, one falls completely in love with Krishna. Those are literally Prabhupada's words. In the advanced stage, one falls completely in love with Krishna. And this highest perfectional stage of life enables the devotee to be transferred to Krishna's abode, which we talked so much about in spiritual sky, Goloka Vrindavan where the devotee becomes eternally happy. So this, my friends, is the stages from Shraddha or faith all the way to Bhakti or love. And it starts with that first leap of, let me get help from fellow devotees. Let me associate and talk yeah, with them. That's the first yeah. step. It's like if you're dating Krishna. We're dating first Krishna like, ladies. First you're like, oh, let me see like who knows him and like talk to like, Krishna? Who's this Krishna. Let me see who knows him. <laughs> and then like, and then I'm like, okay, like maybe like, I don't know if I like him. I have a lot of prejudice. Let me go on a date. Oh, wow. This is kind of a cool person. He's I don't know. He's a taste of water. What? I love water. <laughs> That's so the, cool. The, and then eventually it becomes love. <laughs> I just said, da, 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 da. that was my contribution. I agree. I concur, Shelly. <laughs> that was so a great point. Basically, that is the summary of chapter oh my eight. Wow. Did we just finish half of the Gita? Well, oh my God. Like, what? look guys, if yeah. you're looking, this is, this oh is how God. much we got done right now. That's okay. Oh my God. We just Almost. finished eight chapters of the Gita. Yes. There are eight more chapters to go. Amazing. So if no, you there's stuck, one more than that. Wait, never mind. How many chapters are there? There's nine. Uh, no, well, six times three is 18. 18. 18. Never there's mind. 18. Never mind. The there's a couple six. more chapters. I was like, wait, no. Math. I did not divide girl that. Girl math. That was girl, girl math. math. That was we girl did not math. divide we're that. Basically we're, we're basically done. We're basically done the Gita. Like we're way past half. <laughs> we obviously don't. But anyways, anyways well, we're ladies and done. gentlemen, join us the next time where we will continue on the sweetest of the sweetest core, the jewel inside the jewel box, the chapters that are most protected by Krishna as we dive into chapter nine, the most confidential one. Secret. I like it. Exciting. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you so much. See you next time. Bye. Hello, beautiful souls. If you like what you're hearing, please follow us on Instagram at Modern Yogi Podcast. And if you love what you're hearing, please make sure to share a link to our podcast at Modern Yogi Podcast with all your friends, families, and long lost cousins. And if you have any questions at all, send us a DM on Instagram at Modern Yogi Podcast and we'll be sure to get back to you. Thank you for listening to The, the Modern, Modern Yogi. Yogi.